So if you have your Bible with me this morning, I'm bringing you a message caption. Remember the poor. Before we go into scripture, the question is who is the poor? Let me just read some dictionary definitions of who is classified as the poor. The poor, according to the uh, Webster Dictionary, Miriam Webster Dictionary, he says that the poor is the one who is lacking material possessions. The poor is the one who is lacking material possessions. Another definition is that the The poor is the one who is lacking a normal or adequate supply of something specified. Lacking a normal or adequate supply of something specified. That something specified could be money. When you are lacking a normal or adequate supply of money, in the sight of men, and even as we will discover from scripture, you will discover that such individuals are referred to as poor. But I know that by the time we are through with this message, the Lord will enrich you so that you will move from the state of poverty if you are in that state and then you also will remember the poor and reach out to them, especially in the times that we live in. Praise the Lord. So, with that definition in mind, I would want us to turn our Bibles first and foremost to Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Let me read some scriptures, set of scriptures which will communicate some important truth to us as far as today's message is concerned. Galatians 2, 1 through 10 from the New King James Version of the Bible. Apostle Paul writes and says, Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. And I went up by revelation and communicated to them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation lest by any means I might have run or had run in vain. Now, Apostle Paul is recounting his story of his apostleship and as to the fact that he received the gospel not from man but by revelation. And after God commissioned him, he never met any of the chief apostles or any of the apostles to even explain to him whether what he was preaching was from God or not. So after 14 long years of preaching to the Gentiles, he had to meet with the apostles, i.e. Peter, James, and John, and some of the chief apostles. And then he had to preach his gospel to them privately so that he says he met with those who, but but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by enemies, I might have run or had run in vain. Now, yet not even Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. Verse 4, and this occurred because of false brethren 
secretly brought in, who came in by sales to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. Verse 5, to whom we did not yield submission even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. Verse 6, but from those who seem to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows personal favoritism to no man. God shows personal favoritism to no man. Or those who seem to be something added nothing to me. He was talking about Peter, James, and John, who were the chief apostles. They realized that, or Apostle Paul realized that what he had preached was not different from what Peter, James, and John and the other apostles had preached. They didn't add anything to his gospel. Verse 7. But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me, as the gospel for the circumcised was to Peter, and I wanted to take note of verse 7 because it's part of my emphasis. Let me read that again. But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me as the gospel for the circumcised was to Peter. Verse 8. For he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. Verse 9. And when James, Cephas, that is Peter, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Alright. Verse 10. They desired only that we should remember the poor. The very thing which I also was eager to do. Somebody say amen to the reading of God's word. That's wonderful. Let me just summarize all that is being communicated in these verses of scripture. Apostle Paul says that after he was commissioned, he and Barnabas were commissioned by the Holy Ghost. Remember us chapter 13, the verses 1 and 2 talks about certain prophets and teachers who were in Antioch as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost spoke to them and said that separate unto me uh, Saul and Barnabas. Saul is the same man called Paul. Saul and Barnabas for the work whereunto I've called them. And they, they well, hands were laid on them and they were commissioned by the Holy Ghost. And for 14 long years their ministry was to the Gentiles because that was the assignment God gave Apostle Paul and Barnabas though they were Jews. Apostle Paul was a typical Jew and yet his assignment was to bring in the Gentiles. Now, after 14 long years of ministry, they needed to meet the apostles who were also commissioned to the Jews. The uncircumcised had to do with the Gentiles and the circumcised had to do with the Jews. The doctrine of circumcision is not of the flesh in the New Testament era as much as it is of the heart because circumcision, true circumcision is in the heart. And so, although the Jews had a covenant with God, God made a covenant with Abraham and gave him the covenant of 
circumcision in the physical body, in the flesh, it was only symbolic and a shadow of the true circumcision which is in the heart. So, the bone of contention between Jews and Gentiles had to do with the doctrine of circumcision. So, Apostle Peter was commissioned by God together with the other chief apostles to reach out to the Jews with the gospel. And then, Apostle Paul was commissioned by God to reach out to the Gentiles. After 14 years, when Apostle Paul and Barnabas met with the chief apostles, they discovered that their message was not different from the message that the chief apostles had preached. And he said that he had to do that privately so that peradventure he might have run in vain or he was running in vain. But thanks be to God, he realized that um, there was nothing different and those who seemed to be pillars, uh, they didn't add anything to him. But when they perceived the grace of God, let me take from verse 7 again. But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me, that is the gospel to the Gentiles, the uncircumcised, had been committed to Apostle Paul as the gospel for the circumcised, as the Jews, was to Peter. For he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me to toward the Gentiles. Verse 9. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. In other words, we congratulate you, we bring you in, we are one. There was a right hand of fellowship. Right hand of fellowship has to do with togetherness. We are in this together. We are, we are, we are one, except that we are to the Jews, and you, Apostle Paul and Barnabas, you are to the Gentiles. Then, look at what happened in the last line of verse 9. They gave them the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Verse 10 is where I picked my message from. Verse 10 says, They desired only that we should remember the poor, the very thing which I also was eager to do. What am I communicating this morning? My message this morning is that whether you are called to the Jew or you are called to the Gentile, whether you are commissioned by God to do a special thing in the body of Christ or not, there is a common denominator that binds all ministries together. Whether you are an apostle or a prophet or evangelist or pastor or teacher, there is one common denominator which we all cannot run away from. And until we do that, something is lacking somewhere. And that common denominator is to remember the poor. Remember, I've given you the definition of a poor. The poor is the one who is lacking material possessions or lacking a normal or adequate supply of something specific, specified. And in this case, it can be money. Because if you lack material possessions and you have money, you can buy those material possessions. Are you there? So, we have established from Galatians chapter 2, especially from verse 10, that it doesn't matter how specialized your ministry is. Probably you are called into singing. 
you 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 are to minister to those who are, are downhearted and minister to them in songs blessing them you know with praise and worship and what have you and through your singing ministry you make a lot of money because people are in you know invited they pay ticket and you make a lot of money remember the money that comes to your music ministry it's not just for your personal aggrandizement and you know selfish living god says that however special your ministry is remember the poor maybe you are called to the village to do village evangelism remember it is not enough just to reach those who are in the village who may not have adequate supply of you know normal um uh normal materials for want of a better expression for 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 you know complete or holistic living whilst reaching out to the people in the village remember that they may lack some adequate supply of material possessions or something very specified like money as we reach out to people in the village we also make provision to supply their material needs or you are called to the city even in the city, they are poor dwellers. Wherever we are called to, and whoever we are called to, whether it is to the circumcised or the uncircumcised, whether it is to Jews or Gentiles, there's a common denominator. There's a fundamental link to all ministries, and that is to remember the poor. And Apostle Paul says that when Peter, James, and John told him that, okay, you go to the Gentiles, we are going to the Jews, only remember that he said, only remember the poor. Then Apostle Paul says that the very thing which I also was eager to do. Eager to do. Especially in the times that we live in. We live in a time where some people have lost their jobs. We live in a time where some people are taking half their salary. We're living in a time where companies are downsizing. And others are made redundant and giving, you know, three months, uh, half salary to just get ready and pack out. We are living in a time where people's source of living, as in the work that they do, has been taken over by, you know, the restrictions, the social protocols that we have put in place. And therefore, they cannot do the usual business that bring them the regular source of income. And these are people, some are in Christ, some are not in Christ, who may need the attention of those who have, especially in the times that we live in. So, as we spoke about Christian salutations last Sunday, that you should call on somebody, check on him or her, remember the poor. There are those who don't have at all. There are those who don't have anything to eat, as far as even this week is concerned. Remember the poor. There are those who don't know how to pay their electricity bill, their water bill, even though the government has has purpose to even subsidize for three months. I'm talking about the nation Ghana. And yet, even to pay, because what brings them the income to be able to pay their bills has been, you know, taken away by virtue of the social protocols we have put in place. So as we go about ministry, child of God, remember 
the poor. As we do the work of the ministry, whatever your caliber of calling is, remember the poor. Don't say that as for me, I have a specialized ministry and I reach out to these people alone and I don't know whether to the Jews or to the Gentiles, there's a common denominator. It is to remember the poor. Hallelujah. Let me read some other verses of scripture from you know, the gospels into the book of Romans that will clarify my message this morning. Mark chapter 14 verses 3 through 7. Mark 14 3 through 7. I read from the New King James Version of the Bible. And being in Bethany, that is Jesus being in Bethany, at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his hand. But there were some who were indignant. They were angry. They were indignant among themselves and said, why was this fragrant oil wasted? Did you hear the question? Why was this fragrant oil wasted? The King James says, why this waste? Is there anything you can spend on Jesus that would be a waste? I don't think so. The man who shed his blood and brought us into salvation... Is there anything that you will spend on him that will be a waste? All right. He said, why was this fragrant oil wasted? Verse 5. For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. <laughs> As if they cared for the poor. But look at Jesus' response. Verse 6. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always. Let's connect that statement of Jesus to the scripture we read in Galatians 1, Galatians 2 rather, verse 10. That Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter rather, and James and John told Apostle Paul and Barnabas that see, we are going to the Jews. You go to the Gentiles. Only remember the poor. You should remember the poor. And Apostle Paul says that the very thing that he was also eager to do. Now we see Jesus saying in Mark 14. Verse 7. He says, for you have the poor with you always. Do you see why? There is no way you can say that as for me, I've finished my job. You will always have the poor with you. If that poor person is not in your neighborhood, he may be somewhere else. Especially if you have been poor before. Remember the poor. Especially if you have so much that it is even going waste. Remember the poor. For you have the poor with you always. And whenever you wish, I like that statement. And whenever you wish, 
you may do them good. Whenever it's a function of time. Whenever it's a function of time. In other words, the time that you want to do them good, you may do them good. Meaning that there, there comes a time where we have to remember the poor for one reason. To do what? To do them good. So why do we have to remember the poor? It is to do them good. Not just remember them for remembering sake. But so that we will reach out with our material possessions which we have in abundance to the ones who lack and who are in need. Am I communicating somebody? For you have the poor with you always and whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me, you do not have always. In other words, Jesus knew that there will come a time when you will not be physically here present on earth. But the poor, you always have with you. So there will never be a time or a generation where you will not have the poor living amongst the rich or those who have. So this is the critical moment. Some people will survive COVID-19 not because they even had, you know, better immune system or better health system in place, but just because, you know, their sorrow-filled heart as a result of lack and need of basic material supply was satisfied. Their sorrow-filled heart was satisfied by the provision of those who had and by their rejoicing. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. By their rejoicing for receiving from those who have that alone will give them the energy the impetus, the drive, the ability to overcome any COVID infection or any infection for that matter what am I talking about if we are to remember the poor we remember the poor at a time when they need our help to do them good and you can testify and bear witness with me that this is the time. This is a message the Lord gave me some 10, 15 years ago. And I've never preached that message. But in my spirit, as I communicated about Christian salutations, the Lord says that this is the time to tell the brethren that remember the poor. There are those who don't have. There are those who need our help and our support. Next week, Sunday, by the grace of God, I will preach a message to balance what I'm preaching now, titled, Find a Work to Do. And you will see... That why we work is so that we may have to give to the one that needs. Yeah. Find a work to do. will be next week Sunday. But today we are talking about remember the poor. You need to remember the poor child of God. Let's read Luke 18 also. Maybe you will see some communication from Jesus in that chapter as well. Luke 18, 18 through 23. Luke chapter 18. 18 through 23. The Bible says, now a certain ruler asked him, that is, asked Jesus, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. 20. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. I like that. In other words, it's okay to say happy Mother's Day because Jesus says that if you want to do whatever to inherit eternal life, 
One of them is to honor your father and your mother. And today being a special day, 10th May 2020, we say happy Mother's Day to all our mothers who are listening and those who will listen to this message or watch this message hereafter. But let's go on, verse 21. And he said, all these things I have kept from my youth. Look at it. The man is trying to justify himself that, see, if there is anything that the law requires, I have kept all these things from my youth. I have done everything that the law requires. Is that not great achievement? There are a lot of us who have had great achievements in life. We have had great achievements in society. We have had great achievements in our various fields of endeavor. But see what Jesus said in verse 22. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. You do what? You still lack one thing. In other words, it is true that you must have achieved all that you set as goals, as ambition, as vision. All your projections have been fulfilled. You have done all that requires of you. You are an upright man in heart and in thought and in deed. You are a wonderful person. You've done everything. But there is one thing that is lacking in my life, in your life, at this critical hour that the whole world is going through a global pandemic. And this is the word. He says, you still lack one thing. And what was it? He says, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. (laughs) Do you see the importance of our treasure on earth here? It is not for personal or selfish aggrandizement. It's not for showmanship. It's not so that we will satisfy ourselves and neglect the poor in society. When you acquire so much wealth, and you heap everything on yourself, the wealth can become a burden, whereas it's supposed to be a blessing. The only seed that takes in and does not give out, there's no outlet to it, it's called the dead sea. The dead sea takes from all sources of water bodies, but does not give out. Anybody who so receives blessing from God, blessing from your company, blessing from your job, blessing from other human personalities, but you are stingy and you do not consider anybody, you do not give out anything, God calls you a dead sea, so to speak. In other words, you have so much, but you do not reach out. One thing is lacking in such a person's life. And what was it? He says, you still lack one thing, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor. What is lacking in our lives at this hour is distribution to the poor. Distribution to the poor. Distribution to the poor. Remember the poor child of God. There are some things in our homes that we can look out for and realize that this one has been here for so many years. Nobody has used it. But as somebody who needs it so badly to survive, not just to thrive and flourish, but even to survive, I'm telling you, you can take that material, you can take that possession and give it to the poor. And you will have a treasure in heaven. 
Hallelujah. You might have worked and you have fat bank accounts that is filled to the overflow. It is not just for your personal enjoyment. At this hour, God is saying to you and me, remember the poor. Okay? All right. Look at verse 23. Verse 23 of Luke 18 says, But when he heard this, he became very sorrowful, for he was very rich. How? Very rich. And yet not rich towards others. Rich with material possessions, but stingy and not ready to distribute to the poor. Something is lacking somewhere. It doesn't matter how you acquired the wealth. I'm not saying go and do evil and get the wealth. No, no. I will show you in next week's message when I speak about uh, final work to do, you will discover that it's not just any work, but the work that is good. Scripture actually talks about the work that is good. So, in the context of our message, I'm saying that you must have labored and you've acquired so much wealth. Yes, it was through your intelligence. Yes, it was through your machi ma 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 machinery that you put in place, your investment structures, your, your hard work. But at this hour, it is not just for you. It is for you and the poor who live amongst us. The poor you always have with you. So we are enjoined and encouraged to remember the poor and reach out to them in the time that we live in. It's a prophetic message I'm bringing to you. And I know that what I'm saying to you, I'm saying to myself as well, first and foremost, and then to you, that this is the hour. Remember the poor. Distribute to the poor. I'll show you one last scripture as I summarize this message. Romans chapter 15. Romans 15. Apostle Paul is here again testifying about something in Romans 15. I'll take you from verse 24 through 28. Romans chapter 15 from the New King James Version of the Bible again. He said, whenever I journey to Spain, Apostle Paul is talking to the church that was in Rome, that is in Italy. He said, whenever I journey to Spain, I shall come to you. You know, from Spain to Italy is, I mean, their neighbors in Europe. So whenever I journey to Spain, I shall come to you for I hope to see you on my journey and to be helped on my way there by you. If first I may enjoy your company for a while. Verse 25. But now I am going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints. Now watch something here. Apostle Paul is talking to the church in Rome that I'll, I'll come to Spain and then I'll definitely see you. But until I come to Spain, I'm now going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints. Can we see what kind of ministration he's referring to here? But now I am going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints. For it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia or Achaia. Hmm? Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. You see, Apostle Paul is going to minister to the saints in Jerusalem. And he's saying that the ministration is not just coming to say, be healed, be blessed, be anointed, 
Be filled with the spirit. The ministration is not just to come and say, you know, sickness. Get out of this body. Or demon, get out. Loose your grip and go. But here he says that it has pleased or it pleased those from Macedonia. That is in Greek, you know. That's Greece and Achaia to make a certain contribution. The people who were in Macedonia and Achaia made a certain contribution. We are not told which kind of contribution, but definitely it was material contribution. They made a certain contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. So, even in Jerusalem, as rich as that land was in those times, they were so poor, I mean, they, they, were, they were still found the poor among the saints. So, we are all saints, children of God, but among the saints, there are, they are those we can uh, classify. It's not derogatory. It's not looking down upon them. But that's what scripture calls them. The poor among the saints. Because they lack material possessions. They lack the basic needs of life. What to eat. What to drink. What to wear. How to feed their children. So it pleased the Macedonian the saints. And then the, the saints from Achaia. I don't know whether I'm pronouncing that word rightly. But bear with me if I'm pronouncing it wrongly. Alright. Poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem, verse 27. It pleased them indeed. Why? And they are their debtors. It says that we who have so much in Macedonia, in Achaia, we are indebted to the poor saints in Jerusalem. And what was the reason? For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, now they recognize that the gospel, look at what Paul said in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. So the gospel was first sent to the Jews and the, the Jews, rather, the Gentiles in Macedonia in, in Achaia recognized that if they had been partakers of their spiritual things, that the spiritual things of the Jews in Jerusalem, then their duty is also to minister to them in material things. Wow. I love this. Listen, if you have been blessed by somebody spiritually and you realize that that person may lack some material things, it is your duty to reach out with your material things and bless that person as well. It is called iron. Sharpeneth iron. Hand go, hand come. We are not all at the same level spiritually. Neither are we all at the same level materially. But there must be a koinonia. There must be a sharing together. There must be a balance. There must be, this was the practice of the church in Jerusalem when they started. Where they were selling their property you remember someone like Barnabas, he sold his land and brought the whole money to the apostles' feet so that it would be distributed to those who had need. Unfortunately, a man like Ananias and Sapphira, I mean his wife, also sold their property, but then they hid part of the money and came and told a story that, oh, we sold it. If, for instance, they sold it at 100,000 uh, Ghana cities, they came and said that, oh, we sold this property at 50,000 Ghana cities and we bring all to the Lord. We bring our sacrifice offering, you know, and that was deception. Unfortunately, they were the first to be slain by the Holy Ghost in the first century church. In other words, 
if you don't have spirit of reverence for the Holy Spirit, the spirit of the fear of the Lord will walk into the church in this end time before the church is taken away. And you will do the same. Whenever, wherever there's irreverence for God, when we come to church and, and we want to do showmanship, when we want to give to impress pastor or impress a member or impress the congregation, God is not pleased with that. God loves a cheerful giver. He loves those who give without murmuring, without complaining, without putting a yastic and a ruler and saying that, you know, we must calculate it this way. Remember the poor. You might have had so much, but the ones that have been a blessing to you spiritually must receive from your material possession. And if they don't need it, we should look out for those who need it. Because somewhere, somehow, we always have the poor living with us. There is no church all over the world, even in our present time, that doesn't have the poor. However rich that church is, the poor you always have with you. And scripture cannot be broken. Jesus said it. And he meant well, the poor you will always have with you. So that there will be a balance. So long as we live in this world, you always have the poor with you. Child of God, remember the poor. I'm bringing my message to a close. But I believe I'll follow up next week Sunday by a message I call, Find a Work to Do. Have you learned something today? What is your calling? Are you called to the Jews? Or you are called to the Gentiles? Whatever your calling is, however diverse our calling is, there's a common denominator. Even if you're an apostle and another person is a teacher, there's a common denominator. If you're a prophet and another person is a pastor, there's a common denominator. If you're an evangelist and another person is a missionary, there's a common denominator. The common denominator is for us to remember the poor. And you should be eager to do that. Like Apostle Paul said, the very thing that me too, I was also eager to do. Are you eager about helping the needy amongst us? Seeing to it that we do not only pray for them, but their material needs are also supplied as well. Something is lacking amongst all of us, including myself, where we have done everything that we ought to do, but one thing is lacking. It is to distribute what we have to the poor. The material wealth, the financial gains, the blessing. There are some monies that come into your hands. Quickly, you should know that this money is not for you. It is because you are the point of contact. That's why it came to you. But it came to you so that you will remember the poor and distribute it to them as well. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that we will not be only hearers of God's word, but be doers as well. That the times that we live in will be times where we will do this word. It's a message I have incubated for years. But the Lord reminded me that this is the time. Tell yourself first and foremost and tell everybody who cares to hear that it's time to remember the poor. The Lord bless you with understanding and give you the grace not only to hear his word but to do it as well in Jesus' holy name. Somebody say amen. Glory be to God.